Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shapwurst. With me is Vinny Tadaro. And uh, for this episode, we're going to dive into some of the uh, Cowboys free agents, who we think uh, they should re-sign, who we think they, we should let walk. Um, and we'll also, based on that, get into some... Uh, the positions we feel are the biggest needs going into the draft. And, uh, and then, uh, we might talk about a little bit, uh, some, pl- a couple players, um, in the draft that we've got our eyes on. But as always, we'll start off with trivia question this week. It is Vinny's turn to ask the question. So, uh, go right ahead, Vinny. Okay. <clears throat> this Okay, this quarterback, uh, he was a backup quarterback for us, and he had previously, he had been a a high draft pick, and he had played with the Detroit Lions. High, okay. Uh, mm. He was... Drafted by the Lions, or he just played for them? Uh, don't know if he was drafted by them, he, okay. but he played with them. Okay. I, mm. I want to say Rodney Pete. You got it. Hey, all right. I the the, the drafted high part was what. I, I was like, I don't remember if he was drafted high, but I guess he was. What would you do? You have what round is you? No, I just mean he pick? wasn't like a sixth or seventh round pick. Okay, okay. Well, then that that makes sense. Um, nice. Um, so yeah, let's let's jump into the the Cowboys free agents. I think that's. That's kind of going to be the key to this off season, how we sign our own guys. And, and I think we should also talk about potential players that we're going to cut that we have under contract. Which, and we've talked a little bit about this, but um, start off with free agents. But before we get into potential cuts to save money, which free agents would you prioritize uh, that are you know, which pending free agents would you prioritize of our own? I don't think it's hard. Yeah. I don't think it's hard to decide. I think you got to keep Dalton Schultz. Um, if uh, Michael Gallup is somebody I'd like to keep, who shouldn't be too expensive. If he is, then forget about it. But coming off the injury, Cedric Wilson, Randy Gregory, the long snapper, people are going to forget about him. The punter, Brian Anger. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the, I think those are the main people that I would um, look to uh, look to hang on to. Yeah, I mean, the one guy I'll throw out uh, as a guy, in addition to those, is uh, J. Ron Curse, I think. 
I think oh, we yeah. should, I, we should, yeah. and I think we will retain him. Um, but no, and, and I also, you know, he he kind of came on toward the end of the season. He wasn't as solid as Curse, but I got to say my guy, Malik Hooker, I, I think we could get him for relatively cheap, and I would, I would want him hang back. on to him if we could. But yeah, I mean, ideally, I would like to keep all those guys. I think at least one of the, if not two of those, the big three guys in Gallup, Gregory, and Schultz, I think will will be gone unless we get rid of both Amari Cooper and Marcus Lawrence. Um, I think, you know, Gallup and Gregory especially, those two, I, I don't see us hanging on to both of them and Gregory or and uh, Lawrence and Amari Cooper. I think it's more likely to be one or the other. With Schultz, we're you know it's it's Blake Jarwin we've already invested a lot of money into him and if we yeah I mean we haven't really seen him he is a he's a bad blocker I think that's pretty established um I think he could be a decent receiver but Schultz is far more established overall I mean if we had a chance to and I, and I haven't looked too closely at what kind of dead cap that up um we'd be looking at with Blake Jarwin but um, that's the only, the only thing that I could see preventing us from re-signing Schultz. Um, with regards to, yeah, I think everyone else, I don't see there being like a huge market and I wouldn't be too concerned about, you know, Cedric Wilson might get a little bit of attention, but I, I don't think he'll cost that much. Um, neither of the safeties, the punter, the long snapper, I, I don't think those, guys will be t- tough to hang on to but i do think the, those top three guys are going to have a have a market for sure and we're going to be cautious about re- about how much money we're spending uh especially if we're hanging on to those you know high-priced other guys um lawrence and and cooper uh the other guy i'll, I'll throw out as a name I've been hearing as a potential cap casualty is Anthony Brown, which is is an interesting one. Yeah. I, I don't I don't like that. I you know, we've we've kind of trashed on him and, and I think rightfully so, but he was actually pretty good last year and for his he was cap number than Trayvon Diggs by right. PFF. Yes. And and for his cap hit, which is like five million, like that doesn't doesn't really benefit us that much getting getting rid of him um if you know kelvin joseph had like really shown up at the end of the season maybe but yeah i I don't think that one makes sense you know there's two things you got to look at i mean you got to look at how much money you're spending of course but at the same time you got to look at who you can what talent you can allow to leave and there's certain amount of talent that we simply cannot allow to leave uh, if we're serious about winning because they can restructure contracts um, and free up a great deal of space Um, and that's I really think they really need to do that I really think they need to but there is a strategy into that and and you have to you know, you can't restructure guys that you're planning to get rid of next year because then it's going to kill you in the cap. 
So which guys, because we've already restructured Dak, but to my knowledge, that's the only guy so far. I didn't even hear about that. I, I'm pretty sure we did. I, I think I read we, we freed up like $16 million, um, by doing that. Let me just confirm that. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he, this was about a month ago. Um, the only guy I would not restructure is Zeke Elliott. Yeah, that's same. <laughs> yeah, I, I the guys on the O line, the you know three big name guys that are all making decent money, I would be fine restructuring their deals. Um, and Demarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper. So you would do that in lieu of getting rid of both of those guys. I would not get rid of Amari Cooper. Yeah. Um, I would feel bad getting rid of Demarcus Lawrence, but if I had to get rid of somebody, he would be the guy. Yeah, I mean, the the one only thing I'll say is is Demarcus Lawrence, his cap hit is going to be worse than Amari Cooper's. Cooper's is actually pretty favorable, which I think it means if we restructured him, we would probably open up more space. That That's at right. least my understanding of kind of how that works, but... Um, yeah, I could uh, – the the one thing about both of those guys is – and I honestly, with receiver, I really think we're – if we get rid of Cooper, I think we'll find a way to keep Gallup and Cedric Wilson. If we get rid of Lawrence, I, I don't know if that guarantees we hang on to Randy Gregory. Um, and looking on to – free agents, I do think there's some decent options in terms of relatively cheap free agent defensive ends. Um, but I think most likely, again, it'll be one or the other, either getting rid of Lawrence or re-signing Gregory. And, and on, I'd be okay with Gregory for like 10 to 12 million a year, but I could see him getting, well, he didn't get a lot of sacks. That's usually what people pay for. So maybe maybe that's maybe we could even get him for for less. I don't know. If we're getting him for like half of what we're paying for Demarcus Lawrence, then I'm all for that. I, I think Demarcus Lawrence is clearly the better player, but Randy Gregory, at that much of a discount compared to him, I, I think I would. Uh, as much as I like Demarcus Lawrence, I would have to probably lean towards that. And and still, even with one of those guys coming back, I would still consider one of these free agents like a Dante Fowler for example who played with Dan Quinn and I think would be relatively inexpensive um I don't know if I could trust completely uh, you know these guys like Golston that are uh and uh, you know Terrell Basham to be be our third third guys but let's say, you know, you're so so you're saying we we re-sign basically all our big name guys and we do that by uh by restructuring Lawrence, I mean restructuring everyone that we can except Zeke. So assuming we do that, we restructure everyone and then we are able to resign all our big name free agents. Who in that case, what would you say would be our biggest needs going into the draft? Oh, I've already got that part thought about. I mean, yeah. I already thought about who I want to resign. Um, you know, if we 
had to, you know, the one player, like I said before, that I'd be willing to let go, most willing to let go. I don't want to let him go, but most willing is Demarcus Lawrence. But going into the draft, um, right now, and this will probably change over the course of, you know, see what we do in free agency, and sometimes I just change my mind. And it's going to depend on who is available. But I start with an ideal when I come up with my mock draft uh, based on need. And that would focus on offensive line in the first round, or left tackle. Let's say that because we just can't count on Tyron Smith. He yeah. just seems like at any moment it could be a career for him. Yeah. As good as he is when he's in there. And what we could do is if he's okay, if he's playing all right, and he's feeling okay, we could start the left tackle off at left guard like we did Flozell Adams and Solomon Page. Well, Probably might have done that with some other guys, tackles that we drafted high, that we didn't play at tackle right away because we, we, we need somebody at left guard. Right, and uh, then in round two, I think we need to definitely we need to seriously address defensive tackle. Hmm. Um, then in the third round, I mean, we need to replenish our re- linebacking core. So I'm looking at middle linebacker. In the fourth round, and I'll say this carefully, I read that we're, we're supposed to get a compensatory pick. I don't know if we are or not, but okay. I'm looking at getting uh, another linebacker at a corner okay. in there. And then the fifth round, a running back with an eye toward the future because uh, I don't think Zeke's going to be here after this season. Yep. And, you know, we could use a number three running back anyway if somebody gets hurt. Uh, I think Tony Pollard is probably our future at running back. So that's why I'm not going to invest, you know, a lot in that. Then I'm looking at, um, in the sixth round, safety, and in the seventh round, tight end. Okay. But I'm really, really, um, I'm this year maybe more than any other year. I'm really opposed to letting some of our free agents walk. And you know, I've gotten the impression that they're going to let Dalton Schultz walk. And I'm on record saying is that I think that would be a atrocious move. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I tend to agree. I think we'll, um, like I said, probably let. If I had to guess, I would say either one of those three guys walk and both of and then cut both Lawrence and Cooper, cut or trade, just get get their money off the books, or we keep both of those guys and then we let go two of those three. Um, I, I think if if you account for you know these five impact players. Gallup, Cooper, Lawrence, Gregory, and Schultz, I'd say three come back tops. Um, but yeah, as far as the draft goes, I would say I'll, I'll throw out one particular player that kind of throws things off because this is not something that I, you know, without this particular player, I would consider a need. Um, and that is uh, center. There's, there's a guy named Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa who is maybe the best center prospect to come out in my time, at least that I can remember in my time as, you know, following the draft. And I, I like Tyler Biotish. I really liked his, his pick. And I think like most offensive linemen, he has showed 
a linear progression, even though, you know, his total output last year was, I'd say, average at best for the center. I would expect him to get better, but I think Tyler Linderbaum, day one, is is better, even if you project a little bit of an improvement out of Biotish. And I think he's a guy that is going to be up there with Creed Humphrey for the best center in the league by, like, year two, maybe year one. Um, that's how highly I think. I, I think if you if you take out positional value and you just look at output, he might be the best player in the entire draft. But just because positional value, he's a center, and he's not huge. He's like 6'3", 290-something, which you know, he's fine for a center, but he's not going to be able to play guard or any other position. For those two reasons, I could see him somehow falling to to our position. Um, that That's the exception. Outside of him, I don't think center's a big need, but if he is there, I think that's, that's a pick I would make. Um, outside of that, I agree with left tackle, and especially if, it a guy, if it's a guy who can play left guard to start out. I do think this is a pretty strong class in terms of, uh, I'd say in terms of O-line in general, but especially left tackle. I think there's probably, or, or tackle in general, I think there's probably five guys that are projected to be first rounders and you know, three especially that are pro- that should be top 10 picks. But I could, you know, every year there's someone who falls. I could see one of them falling if they didn't test well or something. Like I think of Orlando Brown, the year that he came out, he was expected to be, uh, I don't know where he was projected originally, but definitely a first rounder. And then he tested like absolute trash um, and he fell to like the second or third round. And he's been a great starter. He, he's a, you know, top, top 10 tackle now. So I, I, offensive linemen in general, I'll, I'll say this now and I'll, I'll say it forever. It's, it's a position where the testing really doesn't matter at all to me. <laughs> like if you, if you've got the tape, that's all I care about for that position. There's there's certain positions where I do think the combine matters a little bit. Offensive lineman is is really not one for me. Um, I do think there's a the wild card position because yeah, I mean it's I'd say we need to fill one of two spots. I, I do think if we got someone like Tyler Linderbaum, well really it has to be him. There's no one else that even comes close. What route is he projected to go in first? Yeah, he's a first rounder. He he should go top fifteen, but like I said, I could see him fall into twenty four. But is there another center that was projected to go high? Uh, I think not that I know of. I I think maybe maybe there's someone as a second rounder, but I don't think anyone else is a first round talent center. There is one guy who's like a true uh, guard who is projected to go in the first round. Um, Green, I think Kenyon Green, maybe. Um, Yeah, Kenyon Green. I'm not as crazy about him. Uh, I I would rather go with a tackle who can slide into guard than him, who is a true guard. Um, But I think the, the wild card position in this is receiver. If we do let Amari Cooper walk... 
and because because I think that's that's a very real possibility. I I don't love it as an. I I really don't like cutting him. I I could live with trading him. Uh, I really well, if we hate the idea. If we could get a first round pick, right? Which I don't think we can. But if we could, then yeah, I could definitely live with that. Yeah, even even a second round pick, I wouldn't. I, I would still. I could live with that. It's cutting him, and you know, after we spent a first round pick to get him, that would be pretty rough. Um, and and it would make us look really bad, which is, <laughs> I I do think that's part of the yeah. Well, it should be, but I do think that that comes into play in the the minds of the the Joneses. Um, but but no, if, if we you know get rid of him one way or another, I even if we sign Gallup and Wilson, I think we receivers becomes a a need. And unlike defensive end, where if we got rid of Gregory and Lawrence, theoretically, I think free agency is how we would address those and how we or at least how we should address them. Receiver is a position that historically, well, you know, in the last couple years, especially translates pretty quickly, especially if you've picked the right guy. Um, and I, I think this is a pretty good class for receivers. So I would, you know, try and sign Gallup and Wilson for sure. But even with those two back, I would still try and draft a receiver in the first two rounds if if Cooper's not coming back. Um, like I said, with defensive end, I think you, you address that in free agency just because defensive ends, unless you're getting a, a Aiden Hutchinson who's going to go one or two overall, I think, um, there's defensive end is almost certainly, and, and I was going to say def, the defensive ends almost never translate year one. This is also a very good class for defensive ends though. So there may be a guy that falls to us who could play day one. And I can't say I've, I've looked too deeply into that, into that position group beyond Aiden Hutchinson and, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who who are neither of them are going to be anywhere close to us, but uh, I do think it's a pretty good class for for defensive ends in both free agency and the draft. So that kind of plays to an, our advantage a little bit. Um, but I, I definitely agree in the mid rounds. I think linebacker for sure a need. That's another position that I think can translate right away if you draft the right one. And and running back, I, I think, you know, I, I would like to think that Tony Pollard could carry a full load if given the opportunity. But I also there, there's a possibility he can't. And then there's also the possibility that if he got this big workload, he's going to demand, you know, he's going to have all these great numbers like Zeke did based on volume and is going to demand 15 million a year, which kind of defeats the purpose so i i'm all about replenishing running back in the mid rounds because that running back is a position where the value is diminishing year every year so you can get someone who is good and who can contribute right away in those type of rounds and yeah if we find the right guy i think i think we take him because i i really do think that this will be Ezekiel Elliott's last year. Um, 
and yeah, I think we we don't want to roll in with just um, with just Tony Pollard once we've we've got that point where we're moving on from Zeke. So um, there's there is one I, I I don't love going linebacker in in first round because we've done it yeah unless it's a guy like Micah Parsons who can legitimately be an edge rusher which even last year I don't think anyone realized yeah. he was capable of that but oh, no, he would have gone higher yeah yeah um but I I have seen a lot of people mocking us uh this guy uh Dean who is a a linebacker from Georgia I think um and there's some talk he could he can blitz I think but he's he's a little smaller he's like a 230 guy I I don't love that in in the first round um but uh but yeah I think ideally in my mind it's either an offensive tackle who can slide in the left guard because I think we have to upgrade one of the two spots left guard or center because I think those positions are with Zach Martin at right guard you don't need to give him any help but if you can get a really strong center like Tyler Linderbaum I think that will help like a Connor McGovern look better or at least help our offense function better um and vice versa if we get a really strong left guard I think that'll make uh, Tyler Biotish look better last year we had our two weakest links and, and it I think in multiple ways like literally our weakest physically weakest players you know playing back to back at a position where theoretically those are the two guys that are supposed to be comboing and, and working together and we we definitely it, it should be a goal to to improve and have one guy at least if, if not ideally if you can get both positions upgraded that would be great but with with so much asset allocation to the o-line already i don't don't see that realistically happening but if we can get one good guy in there i think there's a compounding effect um but uh but yeah that's there's also a uh i don't did you mention yeah i think you did mention defensive tackle as a position and that's been our, our Achilles heel for a while. And, and it's interesting because I, I remember going into last season, us talking a lot about defensive tackle and a lot about cornerback. And cornerback actually turned out to be a position we were pretty solid at. Uh, definitely were better at than I anticipated. But defensive tackle was kind of as bad as we we'd expected and and actually um, maybe i was uh, unrealistic about guys like brent urban and and our you know our ability i I thought we were going to be better at defensive tackle i I think i was probably more bullish on our defensive tackle group than i was at our cornerback group um but you, you have to you hope some of these young guys step up and play better but you know there, there's no one who has shown a consistency at the position and I do think there's a couple guys 
I mean, it's like every year. Last year, I, I really liked Lynn McNeil. I thought he was prototypical one tech that we really need. There's a couple guys, uh, Travis Jones from UConn and uh, Jordan Davis from Georgia. Both of them I like. They're, they're both... Jordan, I think Travis Jones offers a little more of a pass rush than Jordan Davis, but but they're both, you know, your typical one techs. Um, but I don't think we're going to even look at them at all, just knowing our how we treat that position. I think maybe we'll we'll take a look at a, you know, another three tech, but I just don't see I just don't see the front office even paying any heed to to a one tech like those those guys just based on our historical uh our historical view of the position how it seems at least um we'll see i mean we got we picked up tommy or uh that's not his actual name but bahana last year in the sixth round i i think I mean, that's kind of progress, but it also shows you that it's, you know, I, th- I think it's maybe the view is that someone that big, like, doesn't have any pass rush potential, and that alone... And he played a lot smaller than he did in college. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he was terrible. <laughs> he was he was not, like, the. I think the thought process maybe is, well... This guy's going to be a run stuffer anyways. He's just a big, fat guy, and, uh, you know, that's worth a six-rounder, but no no more. But this guy couldn't even do that. He Like, you, you assumed, because he was a big, fat dude, that he could stop the run, and he couldn't. So, you know, Jordan, Jordan Davis, I think, legitimately would immediately make us a better run run defense team um i don't know if he would be a a great pass rusher i think he would show a little i think he would he would uh help us a little bit in that regard but uh definitely more of a run defender and and because of that i think he's gonna he's going to probably be available i could see him being available in the second round travis jones um yeah, also a a uh, he's a little bit lighter, three thirty three versus three forty, but probably more more of a pass rusher. So I I kind of like him actually, uh, Travis Jones. He's less of a of a big name than Jordan Davis coming from the Georgia defense, which was really good. But yeah, I I don't think we I, I'm guessing we don't even address the position at all uh because we didn't have the you know the one time we put a, a our first pick at that it, we were you know we ended the season getting embarrassed by the rams and we thought oh well, this will take care of that um so i yeah i if that if that season is any indication that 2018 you know d- terrible ending I think that le- leans towards your theory that we go offensive line heavy because the last thing we saw was the offensive line playing badly against the 49ers. Um, and 
Yeah, as long as we are smart with it. And generally, when we've drafted O-linemen the first rounds, we've been pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, that's one of our, I'd say, better position groups overall lately. Um, yeah, as, as long as we're smart with it, I think that's that's the right move. But I would really like to see one of these defensive tackles in, in the second round. I think that's a good range for both of these guys, but I just don't see it happening. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I think the, the combine or combine is, is coming pretty, might even be next week. There's a talk about, um, there being a boycott of the combine, but I think that has passed. So yeah, it's the combine is starting tomorrow actually. Um, so that so we'll have more to talk about after that. Like I said, I haven't really looked at I've, I've looked a good bit into the offensive tackle class, um, defensive tackle, receivers, and then like I said, Tyler Linderbaum specifically, Kenyon Green specifically, uh, to, you know, the top center and top guard. But yeah. Um, but uh, I haven't looked too deeply into the defensive ends of this class yet. So um, I'll probably do that next week. And defensive end is a position, I will say, that um, is more likely for, for measurables to matter, um, especially if it's a guy that, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Ta- Taco Charlton and how he, uh, you know, didn't he didn't test particularly well and he didn't, uh, you know, like I think you said this, he, he won with just being a long guy in college. Um, I think there's there's certain players on the defensive uh, defensive ends that don't need crazy athleticism if they have just like really unusually good uh, technique and moves and, you know, pop in their hands. But Taco Charlton didn't show that in college. Um, And so I think going in with that, that perspective, if uh, I'll, I'll probably be, you know, better prepared after, seeing the combine for for a lot of these guys because i think depending on how the guys win the combine can can tell a lot for defensive ends but um but yeah like i said i don't think the the combine means a whole lot for positions like o-line or or defensive tackle for that matter um but it'll say a lot about defensive end it'll say a lot about receiver if that ends up being a need and and secondary too if we haven't really talked much about that um i don't think that's a desperate need but it it is a it is a position that you can always use more of um and and if someone you know really good falls to us and and this is a, a class with some really good corners i wouldn't uh i wouldn't pass on a blue chip corner if it was clearly the best player available in this class um, 
So yeah, I think that's pretty pretty much summarizes my thoughts for right now. I, it going back to your original premise about you know resign you know ma- making sure to keep all of our top players that we could potentially lose this offseason. I do think it it puts us in a much better position to draft best player available if we can do that. Um, like I said, I don't. I don't. Well, they got to make some moves in free agency too. I mean, they got to bring some guys in. They got to they got to get a defensive tackle in free agency and stop screwing around. You know, yeah. and they're going to need to bring in a linebacker. Uh, they're going to need to bring in a real backup quarterback. I'm far from sold on Cooper Rush. Yeah. So they're going to need to bring in a handful of free agents too. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think if if we're if we're going to be able to sign all those guys, I, I don't see us doing much in free agency. But I do one guy I will throw out that I think is a good value that will in just about any scenario be able to sign uh, is Tim Settle for the Washington Commanders now. Yeah. He was a he was a guy that uh, my buddy Tim liked a lot coming out, and he hasn't had a lot of snaps in the NFL, which is why I think he'll be cheap. But he's he's played fairly well in those snaps, and you know he's a, he's a big guy, um, so I think that's a guy I'd be targeting. The the one that I would like, but I or a couple guys that I would like in free agency, but I just don't see happening in any scenario are, uh, what's his name, Akeem Hicks for the Bears. Um, he's been, he, he's a little bit older, but he, he at one point was one of the best one techs in the NFL. Um, I think he's still better than anyone we have, but again, I don't think we'll, we'll get him. And then even less likely, I think, is Calais Campbell, who is 35, and you know how we are with older players. We uh, avoid him like the plague. So I don't think we're going to sign him, but I would like either of those guys as a as an upgrade at defensive tackle. Um, and then linebacker. Linebacker is a position where I feel like you can, you know, it, it's just a position that has been devalued and it's tough to get good linebacker play but at the same time that means that it's relatively inexpensive and there's a couple guys I like in free agency for for linebacker but my guess is it'll be more like I said especially if we're re-signing all those guys I think it'll be very minimal free agency moves um but, but we'll see. We'll have more more information next week after the, uh, the NFL Combine on uh, how things appear to be stacking up. But, uh, but yeah, I think that'll uh, that'll do it for for this week. But thanks all for for tuning in, and we'll be back next week to break down some uh, some more off season draft free agency talk, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Combine. And, uh, yeah, so until then, we'll sign off for this week.